We've got earnings from Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan Chase, and we're playing Investing Chicken. You're in the right place, folks, because this is where the money is. Welcome to the show, folks. I am David Hansen, normally joined by Matt Kopenheffer, still in Africa. So I'm joined by Billy Kipperstock, analyst with the Motley Fool Options, Motley Fool Pro Services. Billy, give us a quick elevator pitch what those services do. Yeah, so Motley Fool Pro is a portfolio service. Um, we are kind of more for uh, the more involved investor. Um, we do short stock, long stock, options, ETFs, uh, and the goal is to get absolute returns over any market cycle, whether it's up, down, or flat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then options is more of kind of like a idea service, kind of like a stock advisor, rule right. breakers, just for options. All right. Well, we're glad to have you here. We are going to start off today, not quite to the headlines yet. We've got this video from this, I guess it was a protest yesterday over in one of the Senate buildings. And here's the video. Very interesting. I think they're protesting Monsanto. Uh, they're throwing money in the air. If, you, if you're yeah. listening on iTunes and you can't see the video, they were throwing money in the air. I guess the technical term is making it making it rain, perhaps? Making it rain, yeah. I in guess that's Senate what building? the kids call it these days. Have, yeah. you, have you ever seen anything like that? I have not. Uh, no. I... Well, that's what, that's what I was doing earlier in the year when the University of Miami beat University of Florida, your alma mater, in football, so that's how I was celebrating. Well, you're wearing nice colors today, orange and blue, so... All right, well, we'll move on to the actual headlines of the day. The first one is from the Wall Street Journal. J.P. Morgan reports loss after $9.15 billion legal expense. So, of course, J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo reporting earnings this morning. On first glance, you look at that and you say, wow, that's got to be terrible for the stock. I'm sure the stock's down 10%. Well, no, I think the stock was basically flat, even up uh, b- before the bell there. Uh, so when you look at the headline, it doesn't look good, but this isn't a surprise. We've been expecting this big legal cost for J.P. Morgan. They're almost reaching these settlements with the government, so it was almost inevitable. But when you look under the hood a little bit and look at the underlying business, investment bank performed very well. The consumer bank still performing very well. So headline doesn't look good, but the performance is still there. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later in the show, and we'll move on to our second headline of the day. This one is from Bloomberg. Wells Fargo posts record net income as Stump curbs expenses, and that's John Stump, the CEO there. So they did. They posted the record net income. A lot of people thought they didn't. It was a good quarter, right? Yeah, it, it seems like you know a good quarter at first glance. Um, a lot of people were expecting you know kind of that streak of record net income to break this mm-hmm. quarter, but uh, looks pretty good at first glance. I mean, return on equity is up. Um, it's actually Wells Fargo is down a little bit uh, right now. The the stock itself is down about two percent. Um, I believe the market is reacting to uh, lower revenue, but it looks like the figures are pretty strong. So. If there was one thing, and I know we're going to get into it in a little bit later, if there's one thing that you didn't quite like, or one thing that was maybe just a little bit worrisome, was there anything? Yeah, I think, you know, my answer to that would be they are relying increasingly on uh, improved credit quality uh, mm-hmm. to come up with a lot of their earnings. Um, so uh, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but yeah. All right, moving on to our final headline of the day. This one also from the Wall Street Journal. In latest IPOs, profits aren't the point, and it's highlighting that, I guess it says there in the title, two-thirds of U.S.-listed tech debuts in 2013 lost money. So the Wall Street investors, they're not quite looking to the bottom line quite yet, uh, focusing more on just total revenue. You look at Twitter, pulling in some good revenue numbers, but still unprofitable last year. Just stepping back and looking at IPOs in general, whether it's a tech IPO or, or another industry, a lot of individual investors stay away from IPOs. They can be risky. They can be volatile. Personally, is this a space that, that you're interested in? Are you, are you an investor that goes in there and buys an early IPO? 
Um, typically, I would say no. Um, I think it's dependent upon the situation. Um, some companies, you know, are very strong companies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, great competitive advantages, and uh, they can, you know, be profitable in the future, even if they're not profitable now. And those would be the companies that uh, I would say I'm more likely to consider buying their IPO. But uh, we've seen kind of a pretty exuberant uh, IPO market mm-hmm. lately. Um, a lot of companies up over 100%. Uh, in their IPOs, I think we've had four companies: Potbelly, Benefit Focus, uh, Sprout Farmers, and Noodles Company. Mm-hmm. Over the past, you know, couple of months, all of them up over 100 uh, percent. On like their first on, on their first day of trading. Day, yeah. Yep, exactly. All of them, in fact. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this would be an IPO market that I probably would not want to buy into, mm-hmm. but um, I think it depends on the situation. Yeah, when we just go back and look at that at that headline where it says profits aren't the point, I saw a tweet from our colleague Joe Mager, and he says, "Guess when this headline was printed." It wasn't 99, it wasn't 2007, yep. it was today. So yep. it, I don't think we're quite to the point in, in 99. And, and the, al- the article also points out that back in the tech bubble, there wasn't even revenue for a lot of these companies. That's we right. at least have the revenue numbers now, not quite to the bottom line. That's right. So I don't, I don't think it's quite as exuberant, but I'm with you. It makes me a little bit uneasy. Yep. All right, moving into our next segment. Mentioned it earlier in the show. Going to be looking at a little bit deeper uh, details of the Wells Fargo of the J.P. Morgan earnings report. You cover Wells Fargo for for the the pro service. That's a stock that's kind of on your co- coverage list. What were s- some more things that stood out to you this quarter? Was it really a good quarter? Does Wells Fargo still look like an attractive company going forward? Yeah, um, I think. You know, I just basically uh, glanced at the financials and kind of did a little bit of right. a I'm not, I'm not expecting you to right. do a full debrief not two, going two to hours in. Too detailed. But um, on the surface, but, what yep. did you see? So three things. Um, so the first thing for me is the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, um, we were expecting kind of that business to decline as the refinance volumes kind of normalized right. um, as rates increased. Um, as we expected, we saw a big decline uh, in income from the mortgage business. Mm-hmm. Um we saw it decline from 2.8 billion to 1.6 billion quarter over quarter, um, and you know, of course, rising rates are you know the culprit there. Right. Um, the second thing that I was looking at was the net interest margin. Um, I think that's something that we want to monitor uh, for Wells Fargo. Um, so, as far as the net interest margin, it, it declined also sequentially quarter over quarter, um, due primarily to deposit growth, um, mm-hmm. which is the denominator of the net interest margin equation. Um, wasn't because their interest income was down. It was actually flat. Um, but that's also something that we should be watching uh, as rates continue to rise. Um, and then the third thing that I was watching, I kind of alluded to this earlier, is the credit quality. Um, so they uh, part of their net income, part of their record income was a $900 million reserve release. Um, as opposed to a $500 million reserve release last quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so increasingly, you see that they're relying on improved credit quality to boost their uh, earnings, and that's something that we want to monitor going right. forward. Right, and you talk about the, the credit quality and releasing those reserves. There's a lot of people out there that look at that and say, well, that's not core earnings, and it's not in a sense, but it's also money that they reserved before and, and took out of earnings in prior quarters. Right. So it still is earnings, but it is, uh, like you were alluding to, it's not a, a sustainable way to continue to grow the profits. That's right. And on the mortgage banking business, obviously the big declines, that's obviously expected. They've expected. Come, they have come. came out multiple times and said, it's, hey, it's going to be lower, guys. Don't expect a record quarter here. Yep. But when you look at the bottom line of the mortgage business, it's going to it's going to continue to improve over time. It just takes longer to take costs out rather than 
people stop getting their mortgages, it takes a while to, to maybe lay off some employees, reduce yep. some of those expenses. So right. over time, it'll start to look better. And that's also something I wanted to bring up. Um, I believe Wealth Fargo's uh, efficiency ratio increased, so that mm-hmm. means that they were less efficient um, right. and their expenses increased. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something that we want to watch too. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, moving over to J.P. Morgan, just a couple things that uh, stood out to me other than the legal expenses. We'll We'll stay out of that for now. They, they set the money aside. Jamie Dimon on the call this morning said, it doesn't make me feel good. I don't like losing money, but we, ha- we have to set it aside. We have to be conservative uh, going forward. So the yep. three business things that stood out to me were the investment bank and corporate bank. So we look over at Wells Fargo. They do have a strong uh, corporate bank commercial business. Yep. Uh, the investment bank, very small part of Wells Fargo's That's business. Right. Yep. Not so much at J.P. Morgan. It's a, it's a big part of their business. And Jamie Dimon, he, he was bragging. He said, I'm going to brag about our investment bank for a minute on the call. He noted that they're on the Verizon deal. They're on the Nokia deal. So they're getting their hands on a lot of deals. Yep. And when you look at the business of J.P. Morgan doing very well right there. A lot of the IPOs that we mentioned, I believe that they're on Exactly, the yeah. Uh, so when you look... The headlines are, are ugly, but the people inside J.P. Morgan, the investment bankers, the corporate bankers, they're still doing a, a good job. Yep. Uh, the second thing was you mentioned consumer banking over at Wells. Consumer banking at J.P. Morgan, I thought was pretty impressive as well. They led deposit growth year over year among, among all the all the big banks. Okay. Uh, and when you're talking about these low cost deposits from consumers like, like you and I, the average rate that they're paying on interest bearing accounts at J.P. Morgan right now, 0.25 percent. I mean wow. that is. They're essentially getting free money here, and, and we know we know as bank customers, banks aren't paying anything yep. on savings accounts, so not quite a benefit to us as consumers. Yep. But these banks have all these low cost deposits, and they're trying to find places to put them. But I think Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan, they're being conservative. They don't want to reach out and just put it in in any old security or any old loan. That's right. And the final thing was fixed income trading, and this has been a headline in the financial sector. It's it was. Uh, predicted to be lower across the board at Wall Street banks. We saw Jefferies come out a couple weeks ago and their fixed income trading, which uh, I should say fixed income trading, this isn't JP Morgan uh, going out and making bets with their own money. This isn't London Whale type stuff. Fixed income trading is driven by clients. So hedge funds, institutional investors that trade through JP Morgan, that's fixed income trading. Uh, It was only down 8% year over year at J.P. Morgan compared to 83% at Jefferies. A little bit of a different uh, comparison there, but not quite as bad as maybe some would expect. Uh, so looking at both of these banks, I think the bottom line is there's some headline stuff with J.P. Morgan, Wells Fargo. Maybe it wasn't a sexy quarter. Revenue was kind of flat. But at the end of the day, they're still really big profit engines and yep. that are, that are going to continue to build book value Solid over performance. Yep. Business Absolutely. as usual. Yep. yep. All right, moving on to the next segment. Let's lighten it up a little bit. That was that was some stuffy earnings stuff right there. All right, we're going to play the game Investing Chicken All right, today. Let's play some chicken. Here's the chicken. It looks good. Um, all right, the way this game works is for you've never played, and for anyone who's watching or listening who, who has never played this game, we look at two stocks, and today we're looking at B of I, Bank of Internet, and Wells Fargo, and we give each other a scenario about the, about the company, about the stock, and we asked the person, would they sell? Are they going to be the investing chicken? So I will throw the first one up to you. This is about B of I. And for those of our viewers or listeners who don't know what B of I is, this is an internet-only bank. They don't have the sprawling branches that Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan have. They have one, they have one branch, right? I think it's their headquarters. Yep, headquarters in, in California. Yep. yep. Uh, so they've been growing deposits rapidly because they pay 
a little bit better of an interest rate on yep. those deposits. More than that 0.25 from Exactly. Morgan. You're getting yep. a little bit more at B of I. So the bank's been growing very rapidly. But the price is, the stock's been on a great run, too. I mean, it's yep. up over 100% over the last year. Yep. Uh, so my scenario going to you, you're a B of I shareholder. So this is a real-life scenario we got. Price to book value, right now it's around 3.4, yep. which is pricey. You look at Wells Fargo, it's, it's under, under 2. Um, so price to book value goes to four times, and non-performing loans jump from 0.8% to 1.5. Hmm. So the loan quality starts to, to get a little worse, and the price is a little bit, I guess, pricey. Yep. Are you selling? Are you a chicken in that scenario? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I you know, have gotten a little skittish with this company mm-hmm. uh, as it is. Um, you mentioned it's uh, gone up over 100% over the last year. Um, it's a really fast grower. If it can maintain its growth rates and mm-hmm. you know maintain its performance, I think it can continue to do really well. But um, you know that price to book that you mentioned, I think it's around what three point four, three point mm-hmm. five right now, yep. um, is a little scary for me. Um, so you know that might be a point at which I do consider selling. Okay. You know, so as yeah. long as you're considering, I'll, I'll consider that a win for you. Yep. Okay. All right. What's yep. your scenario? Um, okay. So my scenario is. And I am not a B of I shareholder, right. but uh, I think it is a very well-run bank. I think it's an interesting business. If you're not going to go out and buy the stock today, I think it's certainly one uh, to watch. It's an interesting business. Yeah. So, okay. So my scenario is, so Bank of Internet, um, obviously, they're growing really fast. Uh, deposit and loan growth well over you know, 25 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of crucial to the investing thesis. You need that to continue to happen uh, in order you know, to make this an attractive investment. Um, so say you know, deposit and loan growth drops to 10 to 15% this quarter when they report. Oh, wow. Wow. Um, that would definitely be a concern. Like you mentioned, okay, we just mentioned the 3.4 times book value. Yep. And that sounds like a lot, but the, the business is performing well. Returns on equity are 18%, yep. which, which are pretty healthy. And here. especially when you're growing deposits at 30% a year, yep. that multiple is potentially justified. Potentially. I'm not going to go quite far into it. It's <laughs> totally. It's potentially justified. So if that growth started to slow and they couldn't get deposits it's going to look increasingly likely that that multiple is not justified. So if, if growth starts to slow that significantly, I think that would potentially be a, a time to sell uh, B of I. Okay. So All right, be a chicken in that scenario? I think we're both chickens. Yep. Okay. All right, moving yep. on to Wells Fargo, a much bigger, more established bank uh, here. And do you own Wells Fargo or no? Um, no, I'm not a current shareholder. All right. Well, we'll play, we'll play the scenarios if you are. Um, all right, Wells Fargo. I'm going back to the, to the price to tangible book here. Okay. Uh, and again, when we talk about banks, we don't look as much at, at the P-E ratio. It's, re, it's really a book value business, so we're, we're valuing, valuing them off price to book and price to tangible book. So Wells Fargo moves up to two times tangible book value, and new capital rules, we have all these regulations floating around, make it virtually impossible to have ROE of 15%. It's, gonna, it's probably going to hover around 10% going forward. Does that make you so, – so maybe not selling, but are you just not even interested in the stock then? Yeah. Um, I think at that point, you know, it makes it hard to justify, uh, you know, it being an attractive opportunity. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as an investor, you have to be um, – you have to consider, you know, the price what you're paying. Right. Um, and, you know, the price of book is relying on that return on equity. So if Absolutely. it can't go higher than that 10%, um, it's hard to justify two times book, multiple. Um, you know, it's such a well-run bank and it's such a strong bank that you could just hold really forever. Mm-hmm. And Warren Buffett has and does right. continue to do so. Um, that I, you know, I wouldn't say maybe sell it, but 
at that point, I probably would not be adding more or starting mm-hmm. a position. I mean, so. yeah, before you, before you get to yours, I'll just add that when I look at Wells Fargo and I was trying to think of scenarios that would make me sell, yeah. it's, it's really the price. You know? yep. I don't think it's the underlying performance. Yeah. I'm not worried that the franchise is going to suffer, that the, the corporate bank is going to suffer. So it's, when you look at Wells Fargo, I don't think you can just ignore the operations, but to some extent, I think you have to be a little bit more mindful of just what's the price that you're paying. Yep, I agree with that. Yep. All right, what do you got? So my scenario... Um, so kind of as I you know, went into this a little bit earlier, um, they're relying a lot more on improved credit quality mm-hmm. um, to report their earnings. Um, so if we had a quarter with a big jump, unexpected jump in charge-offs, um, say it went from, uh, you know, what is it now, point something to you know, mm-hmm. 1%, right. would that make you consider selling? It would not. As I just mentioned, I guess I got ahead of myself in terms of the performance. I think when you look at a, a quarterly performance in a bank like Wells Fargo, that shouldn't be a concern. We mentioned the stocks down today. It doesn't matter with a bank like Wells Fargo. It's such a big company. It has such a good track record of making strong returns for its shareholders. So a one-quarter blip in, in terms of charge-offs, it wouldn't make you feel good at, at night, but I think you'd get over it. I do not think that would be a reason to sell. So you wouldn't be a chicken there? No chicken nope. here. No chicken. No. All right, moving on to our final segment of the day on the Twitter sphere. Our first tweet of the day. It's a happy one from Laura Marcinic. She says... Merry bank earnings season, and I am not going to bore our viewers and listeners anymore about bank earnings season in terms of Wells Fargo and, and J.P. Morgan, but give me an, uh, another company. It can be a bank. It can be just any old company that you're excited to watch this earnings season. Yeah, so my company, uh, I would say, would be Capital One. So you're going um, with a bank. Going with a bank. Okay. Uh, this is a financial show here. <laughs> um, so Capital One, the reason being, I know you and Brendan uh, discussed this a couple of shows ago, the mm-hmm. warrants. Right. Um, I'm actually a, uh, I am actually own some of the warrants in my okay. own portfolio. Um, talked about kind of how the time value is very small in relation to the duration of the warrants. Right. Um, so that's a company that I want to continue to monitor, um, see how they're performing, making sure that they're able to kind of hit their targets and yep. hopefully increase uh, you know, the value of my warrants. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and the show you referenced, that was, that was yesterday. So if anyone's interested in listening to that, we had Brendan Matthews on from Stock Advisor, and he, he gave us the pitch for, for the Capital One warrants. Very, very convincing. Yep. Uh, the company that I'm watching is eBay. And I know this is a company that, that you like to follow. Yep. And we talked about it a couple of shows ago that I'm really interested in, in the PayPal business and just to see, is this business going to continue to grow and make up an even larger part of eBay's revenue? I think it's around 40% now. So just see, is eBay making inroads in terms of getting into stores or PayPal? Are, are they making inroads and getting into stores? And is that business continuing to grow? So that's one I'm excited to watch. Yeah, I, I'm going to add something there, too. I mean, the, the growth at, in the PayPal unit there has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been, I think, 25% annualized over the past five years. Um, spectacular growth rates. And mm-hmm. uh, analysts are predicting that it's going to continue to grow 20-something percent over the next five years. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to be watching that as well. And, and I'm not it, sure that that's reasonable. Yeah, you know? and, and they've, been, they've been huge on, on mobile, too. The, the, they've yep. adapted very well to that shift in mobile. So that's yep. part of the growth there. All right, moving on to our second tweet. This is from Nick Timoros from the Wall Street Journal. He's their housing guy. He says, refinancing is down, but purchase lending is up or flat. Purchase lending is what matters for housing uh, we talked about the Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan mortgage banking. doesn't look great because so much of the business was refi, but he's just pointing out that when we talk about the housing recovery and what's really going to drive housing prices, it's more important to look at the purchasing money, who's out there actually uh, getting first mortgages and right. buying homes. Yep. That was down at Wells Fargo, but I don't think that's – and it was up at J.P. Morgan. So 
some people might wonder where's the disconnect there mm-hmm. compared to last year. Uh, that's why Wells Fargo is down. Is I think competition is just ramped up. Last year, Wells Fargo and J.P. Morgan they were like the only ones giving giving home loans. Bank of America was still out there, but they hadn't ramped up their operations. Uh, yep. I think it's just Wells Fargo maybe just losing a little bit of ground because it's a little bit more of a competitive space this year. Yep. So. I think it makes a good point. To, that's a number to look at. Yeah, and I mean, we've gone through a pretty unprecedented period of refinancing mm-hmm. because of the low rates, and it's, obviously it's not sustainable. So that's what we want to be looking at is that. Absolutely. Yep. All right, moving on to the final tweet of the day. This is from Charlie. He says, fantasy football is to prove that you are better than your friends. That's an interesting tweet there, and I'd have to agree with that. Um, <laughs> so speaking of fantasy football, we did a fantasy stock draft. Yes, couple months ago now it's been a while wow yeah. uh and you can actually follow all those picks we have we have a caps profile there it is it is tmf stock draft 13 it was me you matt copenheffer and brendan matthews who was on the show yesterday yep we all made picks five each and unfortunately you're winning right now unfortunately for you you yep. are winning right. right now your picks are outperforming the s&p by a total of six percent not bad mine are lagging by a total of Two percent. That is not good. You're you're beating me by eight percentage points there. What do you have to gloat? Gloat for a second. What, what can I say, David? Um, you know, I don't know. That's my way of making up for uh, your your Miami dig at me earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that's the one that's leading the charge for you is is Mastercard. Yep. And Brendan and I talked about this on the show yesterday. I look at the stock. Is the, is there anything that's that's gonna stop this this company from continuing to perform well, or are you still just as bullish on the company as you were when you selected it for the draft? Yeah, it, it kind of goes back to that conversation we had about Bank of the Internet. Is you know this is a fantastic company, growing at you know very very high rates, performing really well, but the price is you know starting to get maybe a little bit ahead of itself. Um, not to the point where I would consider selling, but you have to probably be careful if you're considering starting a position here. Um, but you know we talked about PayPal and it's growing 25 percent and 20 percent. You know Mastercard is benefiting from them, those. Same kind of tailwind, so you know, huge growth in that business. So yeah, they're clicking on all cylinders. If it's not one that that you're rushing out to buy today, uh, is it certainly one that if we had a, a market pullback or whatever yeah. you want to call it, and the market drops ten percent over yeah. the next couple months, is this one that that you'd be putting more money into? Absolutely, this is a really high quality business. I think this is one that investors should keep an eye on. All right, well, you are winning the the stock draft right now, but. This isn't this isn't a two month competition. This is this is an annual thing. We're going to look in five years out, and I think I'll have the crown then. But we'll see. We'll see. Well, thanks for being here, Billy. We yep. appreciate it. Been a pleasure. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. If you're on iTunes, we are now on iTunes and Stitcher, are in a podcast form. You can also tweet at us. We are at TMF Financials. You can tweet your questions, comments, and we'll address them right here on the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. <laughs>